You're listening to Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel, Las Vegas. This is where real faith meets real change. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play Music to get instant notifications when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also check out our website, praisechapellasvegas.com, to check out some more information about us and see what's going on this month on our events calendar. Lastly, follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas. With that being said, listen up, because here comes the word. All right, praise the Lord. Just stay standing with me, man. I got to pray myself. Amen. I've been praying already, praying at the hotel, praying, amen, here with you guys. But I want to pray together one more time, amen. I want you to close your eyes with me. I just want you to make it real personal. I always tell people, close your eyes because I want you to give God your undivided attention. And I want you to lift your hands as a sign of surrenderance. We can never pray enough. Father, in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, almighty God. Father, we just humble ourselves before you this night, God, and we want to say thank you, Lord, for just another opportunity to come into your house and to worship you as men of God. Father, I have sought your face about what you want me to speak to these men, God, and I trust and I believe and I receive, God, that tonight, Lord, the message you placed in my heart to speak to these men, that it's a now word, not yesterday's word, but it's a now word. And that, God, that you're going to speak to each individual in a very personal way because you are a personal God. And so I pray, God, over everyone, the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of you, God, let the eyes of everyone's understanding be enlightened. And give them all ears to hear what your spirit is saying to them personally. And Lord, I confess my uttermost dependency upon you. For Lord, I know that apart from you I can do nothing. But through you I can do all things. And so I receive the anointing, the wisdom, and the words that speak tonight. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that I don't have to worry about what I'll say in this hour. Because you will give me the words to speak. And the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so I pray as the word goes forth that faith will be increased in every individual. And so I just thank you, Lord. I pray that this word would penetrate to the depths of everyone's hearts. Lord, we love you so much. And we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen? Praise the Lord. God is good. You can be seated. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen? Amen. Are you going to have the PowerPoint, bro? Awesome. Praise God. Amen. I, I love to minister with, uh, with the PowerPoint. Praise God. Because uh, I'd like to get you a visual. Amen? Uh, and to see the scriptures and to read the scriptures with me. Amen. It's just very important because uh, I, I kind of go fast. Amen. And so a lot of times I just don't want you just to, you know, turn every single time and, and I'm just jamming and jamming and jamming. Amen. And so praise God. So the title of the message is this. They'll have it on the screen there. Amen. The title of the message is this. When you come to the end of yourself, you come to the beginning of him. Look at the screen there. When you come to the end of yourself, you come to the beginning of him. Now today we're going to be looking at the life of of Peter, amen. He's one of the men in the Bible that brings comfort to me because, amen, when you study this man's life out, you come to realize that this was a powerful man of God that wasn't all perfect. Hello, somebody. You come to realize he wasn't all perfect. This man made many mistakes, amen, uh, like me and you. (laughs) But it didn't stop the Lord From using him, amen, in a powerful way, which lets me know that there's hope for anyone, amen, including me and you. Praise the Lord. 
Tell your neighbor, there's hope for you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now today we're going to be looking at four areas, amen, of Peter's life. And the first area we're going to look at, amen, is that Peter was a devoted disciple. Look with me to Matthew uh, 4, 18 through 20, where Jesus tells, amen, Peter to follow him. Now watch this, what it says. It says, and Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Verse 19. Then he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. I'm going to tell you right now, when you follow Jesus, he will make you something. Amen. He said, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. Now I want to point out something real quickly. I, I, I find that unique, unique, you know, just Jesus, he just simply says, follow me. And he went about the father's business continually. I don't see him sitting there begging him, please, Peter, follow me. Come on, let's make a deal, Peter. Can, can, will you follow me? You know, let's make a deal. No, no, he says, follow me. And he continued about the father's business. Why? He, left, he leaves a decision up to each individual if they're going to follow him or not. Why? The Lord doesn't make you serve him. The Lord will not, amen, make you serve him. Why? Because he wants you to serve him because you love him. Love is a choice. Amen? He wants you to serve him because you love him. Amen? He's not going to make you follow him. And so everyone is stuck with a decision. Either I'm going to stay or I'm going to follow. Am I going to stay in my own life or am I going to follow Christ? Amen? Everyone's stuck with that decision. But as we read, they, they immediately left their nets and followed him. Now, as we read, when Jesus uh, called Paul, uh, Peter to follow him, he forsook his net, which was the way he made money, and he followed him. And notice again, he did it immediately. There was no hesitation. Some of you need to stop hesitating. And make your mind of today to drop your nets. Whatever it may be. In this room, the nets for you may be different, amen, for each other. Your net may be something that's different than his. But amen, but everyone's got something that they got to drop, amen, so to speak. Uh, amen, it may be hurts, it may be addictions, it may be fears. It may be an ungodly relationship. Hello. Whatever that weight in your life is, whatever that thing in your life is, amen, you need to drop that net, whatever it is, so that you can wholeheartedly follow him. Because whatever it is that's in that net, amen, whatever that represents in your life, amen, it's hindering you from wholeheartedly following him. Come on now. Come on now. You know what I'm talking about. It's different for everyone. Because there's those things in our lives that we keep holding on to, amen, that they're hindering us from being all that God has called us to be. Amen? And we need to drop it. We need to drop it so we can give our whole lives to him. See, Peter could rightly say in Matthew 19, 27, we have left all and followed you. Why? Because he did that day when the Lord called him. He left it all. He could rightly say those words. 
I have to ask you, could you say those words? Now I'm going to challenge you, amen, because I, I, I have a slogan that says without challenge there is no change. And so I believe that every time the word of God goes forth, it should challenge our lives. Because, amen, you didn't come here like pastor saying just to, you know, just play church and, you know, clock in and clock out. You came here to receive, amen. And in order to receive, you have, the word of God has to go forth, amen. It has to penetrate, amen. I truly believe that every time the gospel is preached, you're left with a decision. You're left at a crossroad. Either my way or his way. It's the truth. Now, not only was Peter a man who surrendered his life to Christ, but he was a man of ready obedience. For instance, let me give you an example. In Luke chapter 5, after Peter and his friends had been fishing all night long and caught nothing, Jesus tells them to go out a second time. <clears throat> Catch this. They had been fishing all night long, and Jesus says, yeah, I know you've been fishing all night long, but go out a second time. Look at look, 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 look these verses right here. Look at look, Luke chapter 5, verses 4 and 5 says. When he said, when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let your nets down for a catch. <laughs> but Simon, right, look at this. Look at verse 5. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we've been, we've been toiling all night and caught nothing. Lord, we've already been out there. We've been out there all night long, Lord. We ain't caught nothing. Nevertheless, nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. You got to catch that. Notice the second time that he went out fishing. He fished under the direction of Christ, obediently following his instructions. Hello, somebody. Listen to me. you got to understand that. Amen. The first time they went out, they went out because, you know, they, they know what to do. They're fishermen. They know how to fish. They know when to fish. They, don't know, they know where to fish. And they're like, Lord, we caught nothing. The Lord's like, go a second time. Lord, we've been out there all night. Don't you know who you're talking to? It's Peter. I'm a fisherman. I, I know how to fish. I know how to fish. Nevertheless, at your word, I'll do it. See, Jesus told them where to fish, when to fish, and how to fish. And again, I want to stress, Peter was a professional fisherman who did this for a living. This is how he made money. So he knew how to fish, where to fish, and when to fish. And he probably fished at that spot a hundred times. But he still did it. One commentary writes this, it is a well-known fact that in the Sea of Galilee, you caught fish at night. In the shallow water, not in the daytime, in the deep water. Watch this. What Jesus asked Peter to do was contrary to all his training and experience. But Peter obeyed. The key was his faith in the word of God. Nevertheless, at thy word. See, so in order, listen to me, listen to me, you got to catch this. So in order for Peter to obey the Lord's instruction, uh, Peter had to put aside his pride, his thinking, his ways of doing things, amen, and do it the Lord's way. 
Oh, hello, somebody. He had to put away his pride, amen. He had to put away his thinking. He had to put away his strategy. He had to say, okay, Lord, I'm exchanging all my experience for your wisdom. I'm exchanging my ways for your ways. I'm submitting. I'm obeying. Amen. We need to follow his example and let go of doing things our way that we know so well. Come on now. We, 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 we think we got some things together. I'm going to tell you right now, the sooner you realize that you don't know better than God, the better off you'll be. Who in this room knows better than God? Raise your hand. Who in here is smarter than God? Raise your hand. Who in here has more wisdom than God? Raise your hand. I haven't seen one hand go up. So I have to ask you, why do you keep trusting your wisdom over his word? Hello? I know sometimes we think we know better than him. I mean, we may not say those words, but the way we act and the way we do things. I know God's word says to do this, but... It makes more sense to do it this way. I know none of you have done that before. I know, I know. But for those who have done that, they've come to realize, wow, maybe I got the immediate results I was looking for, but it wasn't the lasting results. Hello. Amen. See, we got to get to a place, amen, that we're convinced, I don't know better than God. And so I'll always choose his word and the wisdom of God's word and his character for everything in my situations that I face over my own, regardless of how I feel or think. We need to have a submitted attitude to God. I love what John Bevere says. He says, he says, true submission doesn't even start until there's a disagreement. Listen to me. True submission doesn't even start until there's a disagreement. Listen to me. Peter didn't necessarily agree with what the Lord was saying because his logic in that thing was different. But he submitted to the Lord's way. Are you hearing me today? We need to have this kind of heart when it comes to the Lord. Amen? Now when Peter said, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word I'll let down the net. That statement, friend, expressed how he felt and how he thought. You know, in layman's terms, <laughs> Peter is basically saying, uh, you know, Lord, what, what, what's the point? We were just out there all night long, amen. We caught nothing, Lord. They're not biting today. I use the best bait, whatever, you know, say, it's, they're not biting. It's just not a good night for fishing. But if you say so, even though I don't think we'll catch anything, I'll still let down the net again. That's what he's basically saying. I, I, I don't think this is going to happen, but hey, praise the Lord. I'm going to do it. <laughs> Amen? And, and sometimes we're, we're going to be faced with things like, man, Lord, I, ugh, but your word said this, so I'm, praise the Lord, I'm just going to choose your word. I'm just going to choose your word. I'm going to choose your word. How many have ever prospered when you disobeyed? 
I'm just saying. So, so you get what I'm saying? Trust God. Amen? I've never seen a believer succeed in sin. Amen? Now, how many know that obedience to God's word, doing things his way, doesn't always feel good or even make sense at the moment? But that's why... You all need to get to a place in your walks with God that you trust him. That his plans for your life are better than your own. Listen to me. But see, can I tell you why some have a hard time trusting God wholeheartedly? It's because they're not convinced that he loves them more than they love themselves. Think about this. You're not going to put your trust in somebody that you don't believe is out for your best interest. You're not going to put your trust in a shady cat. You're only going to put your trust in someone you know that loves you, cares about you, and has your best interest in store. And what I want you to know today, friend, is that Jesus loves you more than you love yourself. And so you have to trust that his plans for your life are better than your own. I didn't say it's going to be easy, but they're better. This is, you know, there's a challenge in Proverbs 3, 5. We all know the verse. Trust in the Lord with what? Oh, it didn't say some? It said all your heart. And lean not what? But what? And he will what? Yeah. <laughs> Are you hearing me tonight? More than anything, are you hearing the Spirit of God tonight? So let me ask you. Will you obey God even if it doesn't make sense like Peter did? That's a real question. I mean, we can do the rah-rah in church and this and that. But when no one's around, are you going to obey him like Peter? Even when it doesn't make sense. This is the truth. Again, I don't want to just come here and get you excited and, and we sing a rah-rah and this and this and that and you leave the same. I'm, I'm, I'm believing for impartation. I'm believing for transformation. See, when that takes place, we get revelation, which brings impartation, which results in transformation. That's why I pray. Every time I pray and every time I preach, I pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of him that the eyes of everyone to understand will be enlightened. I'm praying along the lines of Ephesians 1. Because when the word comes alive, there's impartation, and it results in transformation. But if not, it's just intellect to intellect, and it does nothing. But when it's spirit to spirit, whew, just bam, and it just, it transforms you. Amen? Let me move on. Praise the Lord. Now, Peter was also a man who had crazy faith. When the Lord, when he saw the Lord walking on water, Amen. We all know the story. He said, Lord, amen, in Matthew 14, 28, Lord, if that's you, command me to come to you on the water. And think about this. This is crazy faith. He sees the Lord walking on water. Hello, walking on water. He's in a boat. Right? They're all in the boat, and they just see Jesus walking on water. He says, man, that's really you, Lord. Command me to come to you. 
like, you know the story. And he said, come on, come. And you know what the crazy thing is? He gets out the boat. <laughs> How many of you would do that? I mean, I mean, you can, imagine, you can just imagine the, 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 the other disciples were like, check this dude out. Watch, he's about to sink. Look at this dude. What, is he tripping? Walk on water. And, Jesus, and, and Peter just starts going. That's some crazy faith. That's some crazy faith. Now, we all know the story that he took his eyes off Jesus and started sinking. But the point is he still walked on water. How many of you walked on water? Amen. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He had crazy faith. He had crazy faith. I'm just trying to give you <laughs> some things about Peter just to kind of just show you the man he was. He was a man of heavy revies. Matthew chapter 16, when Jesus asked the disciples, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? Peter answered in Mark, Matthew 16, 16, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. He said, you're the Christ. And look what Jesus, how he responded in verse 17. Blessed are you. Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. He got revelation. Amen. He also said in, in John chapter 6, amen, uh, in response to Jesus asking the 12, you know, do you also want to go? After many disciples left him. You know, I find that, man, if I just had time to preach on that. Uh, just, I just, I, I just, praise the Lord, I'm not going to go there. It's, uh, but, but Jesus said, Peter said this in uh, John 6, 68 through 69. He says, Peter answered and said, Lord, whom shall I say we, whom, uh, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Also, we have come to believe and know, come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. He had revelation. So as we've seen, Peter was a man who truly gave his life to Christ, who instantly obeyed God even when it didn't make sense. He had a submissive heart, and he was, and he was a man who had received spiritual insight. And let me add, he was also used, amen, to heal the sick, cast out demons, Amen. This man was a powerful disciple. But just because he was an awesome, powerful disciple doesn't mean he didn't have areas in his life that he still needed to work on. And this brings us to the next thing, number two. That Peter was still full of self in a lot of areas. I want to show you this. Peter was still, even though he was being used mightily, there were still areas in his life that he needed to work on. Amen. And I want to stress this point. It's the reason I'm saying this too is that, man, you guys are all mighty men of God. And don't let, amen, some of the issues that you're, you're working through with the Lord prevent you from stepping out to be used by him. We're all a work in progress. I, I want to stress that. Let me just throw this out there real quickly. When you give your life to Christ, you get justified. Amen. Just as if you've never sinned. And then you enter into a process called sanctification. Where, you be, where, where you're becoming more and more like him. Amen. It's, it's going from glory to glory and being transformed into the image of Christ. You're, you're becoming less like self and more like him. Amen. You're being set apart from sin and unto righteousness. You're being set apart unto God. And so you're in this process until you die and reach glorification. Amen. So it's justification, sanctification to glorification. Amen. And so you have to understand that when you're in this process right now, you're in this place of 
sanctification. Amen? So don't let what takes place in this middle place of sanctification, amen, as God's working in your life and molding and shaping you and making you more like him, think like, oh, God can't use me because he wants to use you. I want to stress that. Amen? Now watch this. Number two, that Peter was still full of self in a lot of areas. For instance, after Peter, <laughs> this, this is amazing. After Peter got praised by Jesus for all the heavy revy, for the heavy revy he just had about who he was, he hears Jesus talking about, you know, the suffering he's about to face in the near future. And look what, look what happens in Matthew 16, 22 through 23. Watch this. Look at this. Look at the screen here. You know, Jesus is talking about the sufferings, about the face in the near future. And and, and Peter hears him talking about this. And then the Bible says that Peter took him aside. Oh, come here, Jesus. Come here. Come here. I I hear you talking all this stuff, Jesus. I hear you saying all these things, Lord. But (laughs) And he began to rebuke him, saying, far be it from you, Lord. This shall not happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. (laughs) You're an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Even though, watch this, catch this. Even though Peter was an awesome disciple, he still had some self-will left in him, trusting in his own wisdom and trying to give Jesus some better advice for his life than what the Father had given him. Think about that. He's basically saying, look, I know that you came here to do the Father's will, but I got some better wisdom. Right? Now, what's amazing is Peter may have left his boat and his nets behind, but not self. Let me say it again. Peter may have left his boat and his nets behind, but not self. And now look what Jesus says right after these verses. A lot of times people don't catch this. After this happens, after Jesus rebukes him, look what Jesus says in verse 24 through 26. Watch this. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. Right after. Let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses life for my sake will find it. Or for what profit is it if a man, if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? And what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Listen to me. Jesus says, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. Let me ask you, have you gotten to the place, honestly, where you've really denied self? No, no, seriously. He said, if anyone desires to follow me, they must deny themselves. This is not something that, you know, that, 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 that this is optional. He said, if anyone desires to follow me, let them deny themselves. Take up the cross and follow me. I, I want to I stress that. Listen to me. Many people have heard the same words from Jesus Follow me. I, mean, I think about, you know, the, the, uh, you know when, when, and, 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 when, when those three men, they came up to Jesus, and he talks about, and, and, and when he goes to one of them, he goes, follow me. He goes, let me first 
do this and this and that. Let me bury my, 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 fa- my father this and that. Let me first do this or this or that. Who is that person? Who is that? We don't know. Because he didn't follow Christ. He heard the same words as Peter. And we know who Peter is. Many hear the same words. Many hear the same call. But all are left with a choice to either follow him or not. His standard is not lowered for no one. Listen to me. Listen to me. His standard for following him is not lowered for anyone. Why? When he calls you from there, he says, follow me, right, in this place of bondage, in this place of sin, in this place of, you know what I'm saying, just, just a wreck. And he says, follow me. He doesn't say, oh, you know, let's make a deal for you. I know you're really messed up. And you could just, you know, just, just kind of just say a prayer and, you know, join the Christian club. No, no, no. He says, follow me. Now, why doesn't he lower his standard? Why? Listen to me. Because if he lowered his standard, then he would allow you to stay in bondage. So he says, come here to this place of freedom. I want you to come. I'm not going to lower my standard because if I lowered my standard, I would allow you to stay in bondage. So I'm telling you to come here to this place of freedom, this place of deliverance. So when you follow me here, there's freedom. Oh, you got to get that. You got to get that. So this is why the Lord doesn't lower his standards for anyone who's to follow him. For everyone who follows him, he says, take up your cross. Deny yourself. Are you hearing this? Because that's a place of bondage. But the cross, really, when you deny self, is a place of freedom. Because you're dead to self and alive in him. Amen? God bless you. Listen to me. What does it mean to deny self? It's to choose his will for your life over yours. It's to choose to do things his way over yours. It's to choose to obey him over your flesh. It's choosing to give him absolute first place in every area of your life. It's to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Amen. It's a call to absolute surrenderance. It's a call to death to self. Amen? Are you hearing me today? Now even though, now even after this episode in Peter's life, he was still full of self. There were areas in his life that he still needed to be broken in. Even after this area of the Lord rebuking him, there was still self left in him. Let me, let me show this to you. <laughs> Look at Mark chapter 14. Mark chapter 14, verses uh, 27 through 31. Watch this. Then Jesus said to all of them, watch this. You've got to catch this. Jesus is with the disciples. And he says, all of you will be made to stumble because of me this night. This night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. Now Jesus is saying this. But after I have been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. 
Amen? Peter said to him, you know, he's hearing this, oh, no, no, even if all y'all, even if all these brothers, even if all the made stumble, yet I will not be, Lord. I don't, I don't know about these brothers, but Lord, not me. Jesus said to him, surely, I say to you that today, even this night, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. But he spoke more vehemently. Say vehemently. Oh, yeah. What? Lord? Even if I have to die with you, Lord, I will not deny you. Lord, this is Peter. Come on now. Watch. And they all said likewise. You know how it is. Someone talks big and bad in faith. Oh, yeah, yeah, me too, me too, me too. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We got your back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We ain't denying you, Lord. It's real easy to talk big, bad in faith for a bunch of believers. Talking all big faith talk a bunch, among, a bunch of believers, amen. It's easy to do that. It's easy to talk all spiritual in front of other believers. How you doing? Oh, too blessed to be stressed. Too anointed to be disappointed. You know what I'm saying? Amen. When you're behind closed door trial, come, ah, I love my going to church. What happened, Mr. Anointed? <laughs> what happened, Brother Faith? Super Faith. What happened to you? Huh? Now, as we've seen these verses, listen to me, friend. Peter was full of self-confidence. Again, he said, even if all are made, all are made to stumble, I will not. Even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. Well, you know another story. He denied Christ three times, just as Jesus said he would. When Peter told Jesus that he, would deny, he wouldn't deny him, even if he had to deny even if he had to die, I do believe with all my heart that Peter meant that. Because he loved the Lord. He meant that. But the problem was this. Peter didn't know himself as good as the Lord knew him. Whew. You got to get that. I believe he meant those words. But he didn't know himself, amen, as good as even the Lord knew him. Peter still had a lot of self-confidence in him. And he didn't even know it, but the Lord did. Why? Because pride is blinding. The scary thought that comes to me is when we think, we, we may think we're one way and have it all together, and the Lord sees us a totally different way. I think about the Pharisees, man. These guys did everything. I mean, they did everything. They prayed, they paid their tithes, they washed. I mean, they did everything. They, they did everything. And Jesus said of these men, you're like whitewashed tombs. On the outside, you're beautiful, but inside, you're full of dead man's bones. You look good, man. You smell good. You have the Christian ease. Man, I see right through it. He sees the heart. The Lord is after the heart, man. 
you know, the, the, if you really study the word hypocrite, think about who he's calling. If you talk about Jesus, I'm sorry, I'm going a little side note here. But if, if, if you look at who Jesus called a hypocrite, it wasn't the people that were out there, you know what I'm saying, that were sinners. He was calling the religious leaders hypocrites. What is a hypocrite? If you study this word, it means a play actor. It's an actor. It's an actor. It's an actor. They were acting like they were holy. They were acting like they were serving the people. They were acting like it was all for God. But he's seen right through it. He said all the things they do, they do to be seen by men. They do it to be seen by men. He said they got their reward. They got their reward. I was talking about the believer's judgment at their uh, uh, church uh, 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 on Wednesday. We can either have the reward for man or God. It's up to us. It's all with our heart's motive. I want to stress that. God, God wants your heart. He wants your heart, a pure heart. We don't want to be actors. Let's not be actors. Come on. There's a lot of acting in church. I'm not trying to put the church. I love the church. Jesus died for the church. I love the church. I love the church enough to tell the truth. And there's a lot of acting. Shoot, I've been an actor in church. I'll keep it real. Why will I keep it real? So you can keep it real. Amen? And that's when even the Lord exposes us. Oh, man, Lord, forgive me. I was tripping. <laughs> I want you to catch what I'm about to say. In Matthew 16, 24, Jesus said to deny yourself. And then he told Peter in Mark 14, 30, you will deny me. In this life, you're either going to deny yourself or you're going to deny Christ. The choice is yours. That's it. You're either going to deny self or deny Christ. The choice is yours. Amen. See, there's a war that we all have to fight every day. The war between serving self or serving God. You may have won the battle yesterday, last week, praise God, but what about today? What about tomorrow? Luke 9.23 sums up and says, if anyone desires to follow me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. Daily. This is a daily walk. This is a daily walk. Hallelujah. Let me move on. The third thing, real quickly here. Are you guys getting something tonight? Okay. Good. The third thing we're going to look at is Peter's breaking point. Okay, we're going to skip some verses. We're going to look at Peter's breaking point. Look at Luke 22, 60 through 62. Look what it says. Thank you. You're doing a great job, bro. Luke, six, Luke, Luke 22, 60 through 62, it says, But Peter said, man, I do not know what you're saying. This is him now, amen, uh, denying the Lord before others. Watch this. He said, man, I do not know what you're saying. Immediately while he was still speaking, catch this, listen to me. The rooster crowed. Now, let's read this slow. So he was, he was there, you may following Christ from a distance, amen. He's looking on Christ from a distance, Right? 
and, 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 and now he denies him. Amen. Now, when the rooster crows, watch this. Look at verse 61. Watch this. Catch this. And the Lord turned and looked at him. Oh, my goodness. He denied him. And once the rooster crowed, could you imagine that stare? Could you imagine that look? Could you imagine how Peter felt? He's, he's, he's over there like, uh, I, I, I don't know him. I don't know him. I don't know him. Rooster crows. The Lord turned and looked at Peter. And let me say this. I don't believe the Lord looked at him with anger or with a broken heart. A heart of compassion. You hearing me? Our Lord is not some God that's wanting to strike people down. And he judges sin. But he loves his creation. So I don't believe he's looking at him like, fool. No. I believe he looked at him like, tears in his eyes, believe me. And I just, I, and the Lord looked and turned and looked at him. And then, and Peter, catch this. The, the Bible, it gives us some insight of what happened at that moment in Peter's mind. Then Peter remembered. You catch that? So when the look took place, the rooster crowed, denied the Lord, the Lord looked at him, and then when he was eye to eye, the Bible says this, then Peter remembered the word of the Lord. How he had said to him, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So Peter went out and wept bitterly. This broke him. Could you imagine how he must have felt? You gotta, you gotta, when, you read these, when you read these true stories, you have to really picture them. You got to imagine how Peter's feeling at this moment. He must have felt terrible. When the Lord turned and looked at him, I mean, my gosh, his heart must have dropped. Like, <gasps> and you got to understand this. I mean, the, the, he, he's denied, no, no, I, I don't know, I don't know it's Jesus. And the rooster crows, and Jesus looks at him. <gasps> and the Bible says he went and he wept bitterly. Peter at that point realized how terribly he sinned, how wrong he was, and he wept bitterly. I can only imagine how bad he must have felt, how humbled, how humbled he must have been at that moment, at that time. All the crazy thoughts that were going through his mind. Could you imagine the mind battles he was going through? Oh, my gosh, I just denied him. He said I would do it, and I did it. Oh, my gosh. And then the next day, he's crucified. 
He's dead. So now he's really caught to be going through it. Oh, my gosh, I can't believe this. I denied him. I said I would never. I said I would die for him, and I denied him. I denied him, and then I seen him. Amen. When the rooster crowed, amen, he looked at me. And I denied him, and now he's dead. I miss him so much. I wish I could say, sorry, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for how I failed you. I'm sorry for denying you, Lord. I'm so sorry. I miss you, Lord. I miss your presence. I miss you. Hello. This was the breaking point. He was coming to the end of self. Hello, somebody. His self-confidence, his pride were being killed at this time. Can you say amen? How many have experienced this kind of breaking Self is being crucified, or you're being humbled in his presence, where he's breaking you of self. If you haven't had that happen, I'm not trying to prophesy death on you. But the truth is this, you will have a breaking point. Because God wants to break you so he can make you the man he's called you to be. I, I want you to understand this. God wants you to die. To self. If you haven't hit that breaking point, friend, I promise you, you will. For your own good. Because God can do so much more with a broken spirit, a broken heart before him than someone that's lifted up in pride. It's like the difference between you can have this racehorse that's, you know, winning millions of dollars for an owner. And it looks all beautiful, looks all this and that. And you try to put that racehorse in a battle. It tries to, you know, standing there looking all good on the outside. And it rides in the battle. All of a sudden, the first shots, bam, that thing's going the other way. That thing that was looking all big and bad wasn't nothing in the battle. It wasn't, listen, the, 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 the jockey's on it trying to tell him, come on, go this way, go this way, go this way. And it's like, that way. Because it ain't broken. But you get a horse Maybe y'all looking all gimpy. But it's broken. And it listens. You can ride that horse into the battle. And it will go wherever the master says to. Regardless of how much shooting or this and that's going on. Because it's broken. We don't want to be that one that looks good. It ain't broken. We want to be the one that's broken. And that will go whichever which way the Lord says to. Amen? This is why we need to be broken by the Lord. Amen? God wants us to be emptied of self so we can be full of him. Because when you come to the end of yourself, you come to the beginning of him. Peter was now at the end of himself. Let's go to the fourth thing real quickly. Real quickly, the restoration of Peter. 
I want to fast forward some days after Jesus' death and resurrection to when the Lord came to Peter and a few other disciples in John chapter 21. Now, I want to start off by saying, according to John chapter 21, verse 14, the Bible says it was, this was the third time Jesus showed himself to his disciples after he had raised him from the dead. The third time. Okay? So at this point, Peter had already seen the Lord a couple times. Catch that. Most believe, most scholars believe that Peter and the Lord had already taken care of Peter's sin. But there is no doubt when you read this text that he was still feeling ashamed and embarrassed for denying the Lord three times. He was still, even after he's seen the Lord, right? Even though, as most believe, he, the Lord and him already dealt, the whole, dealt with the whole denial thing. The, you know, not the denial part, but the, the sin part, so to speak. Watch this. I, I, you can still see Peter in these texts. You can see him still walking around like this. Even after he's been forgiven, he's still walking around like this. Catch this. Because of his past mistake. Still walking like this. Now watch what the Bible says in John 21, 15 through, 20, through 17. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Peter, you got, they're all eating together. This is in the public. This is in a big group. Right, with the disciples. They're eating, they're chilling. And Jesus, watch this. Jesus said, hey, Simon Peter. Simon, son of Jonah. Hey, do you love me more than these? group right here. He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him a third time, you got to catch this. Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved. <laughs> because he said to him a third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Why do you think Jesus asked Peter publicly three times in front of others, do you love me? Well, how many times did Peter denied Christ publicly three times. Three times Peter publicly said he didn't even know the Lord. Now three times he was confessing publicly he loved the Lord. It's almost like the Lord had him confess his love for him publicly three times to take back the three times he denied him. Jesus also encouraged Peter by giving him a commission and restored to him ministry. In verse 15, he said, feed my lambs. Verse 16, tend my sheep or take care of my sheep. In verse 17, feed my sheep. And, 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 the, and at this point, Peter, listen to me, was going from being just a fisher of men to a shepherd. Peter was now to be both an evangelist, a fisher of men, and a pastor by shepherding the flock of God. Even though Peter failed, we see that Jesus still had a plan for his life. He placed responsibility back into his hands. He restored vision back to Peter. And that's exactly what he wants to do, amen, in the lives of you today. 
who have ever fallen away or feel ashamed. Maybe you made a mistake, mistake in the past. Maybe you're still living with that guilt and shame about what you did. Or that secret sin that no one knows about, but you ask God to forgive you, but you're still, bad, you're still feeling condemned about it. You're still beating yourself up about it. The Lord wants to restore you. The Lord wants you to stop walking around with that guilt and shame and know that, you know what, you already took care of it with him. You already asked for forgiveness. It's time to get up and go forward. Amen? And let me add, because Peter was emptied of self and broken before the Lord, he was now ready to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We all know the story. Weeks later, day of Pentecost, he was baptized with the Holy Ghost. He was emptied of self and now filled with the Holy Ghost. He was emptied of self and now full of the Holy Ghost. Used powerfully. Restored with vision. Restored with power. Used to win the loss. Make disciples. We all know Peter went on to be a mighty man of God. I close this message by saying that even though Peter surrendered his life to Christ, he wasn't perfect. There were still areas in his life that he needed to surrender. And all of you who have already given your life to Christ, you know, you know there's still certain areas of your life also that you need to, you know, you maybe gave your life to Christ, but there's still areas that you need to let go of. And I'm going to tell you right now, tonight is the night to do it. Because it's that thing that's preventing you from being all that God's wanting you to be. Whatever it is, I want you to bow your heads. Amen. Let's close our eyes. I want to ask you. I just want you to close your eyes in your seat. Amen. Just close your eyes. What areas are you still holding on to self in? It may be even in your marriage. It may be with your finances. It may be in a relationship, a hurt, a pain. Where do you, what, what, a relationship, something. I'm telling you right now, there's areas you need to drop that net. There's areas that you need to surrender self. What spoke to you from this message? What ministered to you from this message? What did the Holy Spirit reveal to you? How many be honest to say as, as, as heads are bowed, you know what, that, that something spoke to you. Just raise your hand. Just something spoke to you. Okay? Now what I want to do just for a moment is I want you just to open this altar and I want you to spend time with the Lord. Just come. Because when you come to the end of yourself, you become to the beginning of him. This is that... This is that place of humility. Come up here. This, this altar is a good place. It's the place we get altered. Amen? It's the place we get transformed. Come. Don't be shy. Don't be shy. We're up here together. There's no one better than another. I'm going to get on my knees also. Amen? We're just going to go before the Lord together. Just make it personal. Don't wait for me to come around and pray for you. It's the Lord's hand you need. Not my hand. It's his hand. Go before the Lord.
Worship God, amen. Fill me up, God. Fill me up, God. Fill me up. Oh, yes, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Father, we just want to pray. Me up, God. Fill me up, God. Oh, come on. Keep seeking him, guys. Keep seeking him. Come on. Don't, we're not in a hurry here. We want, we want God to just continue to fill us up. Fill us up with that spirit. Remove those things and fill us up. Fill us up. Come on. Fill us up. Oh, yes, Lord. Lord, you're worthy, Lord, you're worthy, Father God. Oh, fill us up, Father God. Oh, yes, Jesus, hallelujah, Lord. Oh, let your love fill us, Jesus. Let your love fill us, Father God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, just stay in this presence, guys. Come on, Father, we just praise you right now, Lord. We glorify you. We glorify you. We glorify you. You know what I, what I feel in today, amen, that we got some men walking with their heads down. You know, I, I can tell you right now that that is the, the greatest strategy of the enemy is to keep you in your guilt. And as I was ministering, as it was ministered here tonight, you got to understand that you're forgiven. You're forgiven. Don't walk with your head down any longer. And there's so many men that are walking and they love God, just like Peter loved God. But you're walking with your head down. You're walking with your head down and it's stopping you and it's limiting you from what God wants to do inside of you. It stops you from being the husband. It stops you from being all that because you start to listen to the lie. Of the enemy. It's the enemy that keeps you there. And I'm here to let you know that, you know what? God has forgiven you. God has forgiven you. You got to understand, God has forgiven you. Come on, you 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 really got to put that in your mind. You are forgiven. Come on, he doesn't forgive you and then throw it back on you. It's gone. The enemy is what puts it on you. The enemy says, you know what, you're still the same. You you haven't changed. And we walk in this guilt and it's so easy to go back to it. It's so easy to be that person again because you think you already are. 
You got to understand you're forgiven. Just like when you got saved, God cleansed you and he forgave you. And I want to pray for those that are walking with their head down still. And this, this is something that's bold. I, I, want you to, I want you to stand up and I want you to come. I want you to come. If that's you, you say, man, this is it. Today's my day. Today I'm going to walk out with my head up no longer in shame. I'm going to walk as a forgiven man of God. Amen. That, you know what? I love God. And you know what? And Jesus is saying to you, son, you're forgiven. Son, let it go. Son, don't walk in it no more. Come on. Turn around. Walk in the way that I called you to walk and know that you are gone. Amen. Come on. Don't let this, don't let this keep your head down. Let it, not let it keep bowed down. Amen. But lift up your head and say, you know what? I am forgiven. I am a son of God. I am, I am his son. Amen. He has forgiven me. I can do all things through him. I'm no longer this. I'm not going to walk in shame. Amen. I'm going to walk with my head up knowing that I am delivered. Amen. And so, amen, if you guys can help me pray for these men, amen. Let's pray and just break these things here today.
Hallelujah. Why don't you come over, brother? I want you to lift your hands, amen. There's some things that you're holding, things that are weighing you down, things that is, is your past. Your past is still haunting you. It's coming, it's dragging, and you say, man, I can't get rid of this. Everywhere you turn, it reminds you. It reminds you, man, of what you did. And I'm here to let you know that God has forgiven you. Brother, you got to just let it go. I, I, you you, you want to go back and you want to change some things, but you can't. God says, you know what, it's happened, but I've forgiven you for that. And you got to forgive yourself. See, the thing is, you know that God's forgiven you, but you haven't forgiven yourself. And God says, you know what, forgive yourself. If I've forgiven you, you can forgive yourself. And when you start to do that and say, man, I, I'm not going to live that way. I'm forgiven. I'm going to forgive myself from the mistakes I made. That's when God is going to start to do what he needs to do. Freedom is going to start to come your way. Amen. So lift up your hands right here, right now, in the name of Jesus, Father. Uh, we pray, Lord, for freedom, Lord, uh, upon my brother, Father God. Uh, we ask right now, Lord, uh, Lord, that he would learn to forgive himself, Lord, uh, right here, Lord, uh, to let go of that past uh, that anchors him, Father God, uh, from making steps forward, Lord, uh, that you would fill him with your spirit, Lord. Uh, Father, right inside the soul, Lord, uh, that will remove, Father God, uh, all that guilt, Lord, uh, the condemnation, Lord, uh, that the enemy doesn't even do, Lord. Uh, he does it to to himself, Father God. And so I come right now that he would forgive himself, Lord, and Father, be free in you in the name of Jesus, Lord. You know, all you got to do, brother, you take steps forward. Take steps forward. Take steps forward, God says. Come on, I want you to take a step forward. Come on, just take, that's all it is. It's day by day taking that step, amen. Each step you take in faith, God starts to bring freedom. Things start to get unshackled in your life. God wants to bring you freedom. He didn't save you to be shackled down. He says, I didn't come to the world to condemn it, but to save it. You got to understand that you are saved and you are forgiven. And he loves you. He loves you. He wants you to experience the total freedom of, of what he gave you. Amen. That that's back there is gone. 
The only time you look back to it is only to reflect what God has done in your life. And to give him praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. Just, just, just work. Come on. Worship. Worship God. Oh, my soul. Worship his holy name. Sing like never before. Oh, my soul. Worship your holy name. Oh, yes, hallelujah, hallelujah. The sun comes up, there's a new day dawning. It's him to sing the song of praise on every cloud and whatever has before. Oh, come on, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, oh, my soul. Oh, my soul. Worship his holy name. Sing like never before. Oh, my soul. Worship your holy name. Yes, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. And you'll flow to anger. Hallelujah. Freedom, Lord. That freedom come. Yes, Jesus. Bless the Lord, oh, my soul. Oh, my soul. Worship his holy name. Sing like never before. Oh, my soul. I worship your holy name. On that day, then the chain is wheeling. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, one more time, guys. Bless the Lord, oh, my soul. Oh, my soul. Worship his holy name. Sing like never before. Oh, my soul. I worship your holy Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship his holy name. 
Now that you know that you're 